think it's time we have a little fun. No, we're not getting naked. What's going on, lads? It's the third episode of Leave It To Me with Manuel Lugo, and I am your host, obviously, Manuel Lugo. It is the third episode. Uh, I'd like to call it my third, but technically it's my second because I'm not posting my first one. Um, yeah, it's a, it's good to be here after two months. It's interesting, too. What happened was uh, I got really lazy on the... After I posted my first video, I said that I was going to post another one the week after. And after I posted uh, my, my video on YouTube, I got this verify my account thing. And everybody knows that that doesn't take too long. That's a, just like a click of a button. But then I started using that as an excuse to not post anymore because I got really lazy and started procrastinating. So two months go by. Uh, feel like a piece of shit. Uh, haven't really done anything and but what I did do is I got a little bit more organized with my stuff started getting into a better routine um, got better equipment for for my podcast uh, I got this cable that charges my MacBook faster and I got this mirror so I can finally see myself and for hey yo Oh, I didn't know my hair was this bad. Holy shit. Oh. Yo, wave check though. Look at that wave check. Just kidding, I'm nappy. I need a haircut. Start a fire with my hair. Anyway. Yeah, uh, hopefully I'm more organized and I, I can get a, I could get a better start on this. I could uh, release one weekly now. Cause I'm more organized, but let's uh, why don't we just dive in? You know, cut the bullshit. A very serious topic I'm passionate about. It's uh, it's one that kind of brings tears to my eyes all the time. It's uh, how the fuck did I get so fat during coronavirus? Nah, I'm just kidding <laughs> about the coronavirus part, but uh. If you guys hear like the, like the leather moving around, it's it's not my ass. It's it's the leather against my jeans, my pants, my white pants. So uh, let's talk about this topic. It's uh, pretty important nowadays because with the whole election coming up, and it might be mail-in voting. It's pretty important to know what's going on with the whole postal office and. And you might have seen it on the news and everything, but they, they don't really like go into depth with it. And they, honestly, I didn't know about it either. I think it's pretty important now that I read about it. I think I'm like, wow, this shit's pretty important. And it's kind of it's kind of interesting what's been going on, like who's who's gotten into power and stuff like that in, in the postal office. So it all started when, no, it didn't all start uh, a year ago. It started a year ago. Postmaster General Megan Brennan, Postmaster General, what they do is that they, they like, they direct and they, what's it called? God damn it. Oh yeah. They're responsible for managing and directing like the, like the day-to-day -day tasks of the postal office, like the, like all the operations and stuff. So they're pretty important. Like we, they are very much needed in, in there. 
Megan Brennan, the postmaster general, the ex-postmaster general, said that if they don't seek the help they need from Congress, that they would simply run out of money by 2024. Fast forward to this year. The U.S. Postal Service was taking dramatic losses, huge losses, biggest losses you've ever seen. Uh, so bad, Megan Brennan came out again. She said that if they don't get the money they need, like now, they would be out of cash by September of this of this year. This is obviously prob 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 problematic because. If they don't get money, obviously they're not going to be able to pay their employees and then this causes problems for like delivery to rural places in which a lot of carriers don't go to. Uh, you know, like the UPS, FedEx, they, they, sometimes they don't deliver to those rural places that USPS does. So it's important to have them around, I think. How does this happen though? Like how, how do they get so messed up like why are they in such deep shit how did they get such in into deep shit right they've all they've always been in like financial problems uh in the past pretty much the though a law passed in 2006 the that the bush administration created got signed passed sped up the postal service's downfall uh, the postal service and enhancement act uh changed the way the retiree and pension fund worked the, the way the pension fund worked was similar to how a lot of companies have their pension funds. It's just like that they could add and take money from the fund based on the retirees at the time. So it depends on the retirees they could add and take money. Well, once the act was placed, it required, once that law was placed, it required the, the Postal Service to pre-fund all of its employees' health and retirement benefits. Even if you weren't a retiree, the the USPS would still have to pre-fund all of that money for 50 years. And I'm sorry if I like switched my nose or whatever. I didn't mean to do that, I had something in there. Uh, health and retirement, retirement benefits for the next 50 years. This obviously caused them to go to debt because like they were doing, they have to do this for 50 years for all the employees, and they just didn't have the money to do so. So, uh, postal services debt at the end of 2019 was 160.9 billion dollars. 100 119.3 billion coming from the retiree benefits. This caused the postal service to ask Congress in April 2020 to get a total of 75 billion dollars in order to help the postal service not go under. Instead. The Postal Service got $10 million in credit, $400 million to increase supplies for what is probable mail-in voting. What's interesting is that our new Postmaster General, Louis, 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 DeJoy, whatever your choice is, he has no experience working in the Postal Service. Uh, he is the first one in decades to have no background in the Postal Service. This might be because he's done a few things for Trump. Uh, he's made hefty donations to, to the Trump re-election campaign. As well, he's a, he's a very big donor to the GOP, one of the top donors of the GOP. What is even more interesting is that, the, that Mr. DeJoy and his wife Aldona have between $30.1 and $75.3 million in assets that compete against the USPS. Imagine the, uh, the Postmaster General 
he has assets that are going against the agency he's working for. What's even crazier to me is that someone with no experience in the field takes the wheel in the agency's time of crisis. That's, that's crazy to me. Another interesting point is that this is all going down with the election coming up. Especially the fact that it might be Mellon voting too. It's already seen that when he got into power uh, position, Louis DeJoy, shipping and deliveries have had problems. They've uh, been slower. Somehow, some packages haven't even made it. They've gotten lost. So that's interesting. And also, Trump is against Mellon voting. He claims that the election would be fraudulent if and that, that it would be putting Republicans, Republicans at a disadvantage. Tweet that he posted not too long ago, it says, absentee ballots are a great way to vote for many senior citizens, military and others who can't get to the polls on election day. These ballots are very different from 100% mail-in voting, which is ripe for fraud and shouldn't be allowed. President Trump, can we clear a few things up? Let's, uh, First of all, absentee ballot is set in the mail and, and in advance before an election if uh, the voter can't be present at the polls. Mail-in votes is you bet your bottom dollar, mailed in. The only difference is that the absentee is requested due to the inability to show up. So if you can't show up. Mail-in is just where the state sends the ballots to all registered voters, whether they ask for it or not. Let me give you some facts on um, on, uh, on voter fraud. Like, is it really scary? Is is it common? Does it happen a lot? Well, let's let's look at Colorado. One Colorado is one of the five states that have universal mail-in voting. They found after twenty years and. 250 million ballots, only 143 were found to be election fraud. Out of 250 million ballots, 143. NPR puts it as a one case per state every six or seven years. That is a risk I am willing to take. Oh, oh. LaCroix, the, the, this one, it's looking watermelon look oh my god it's like it's so spicy ah. and um uh, okay so yeah another concern fair enough you know everybody has their own concerns about things they have the right to feel that way uh attorney general william barr puts it as counterfeit ballots made from other countries are also a risk. States do have many ways to confirm these mail ballots. There are barcodes that are unique to each voter. The envelopes get rejected if they aren't sent in the state-required format. Every state has their own format. And even if they did commit fraud, there is little chance not to catch a duplicate voter's ballot. As Trump's claim as uh, when he says that it puts Republicans at a disadvantage. I, I couldn't find any information that, that supports that. Uh, but that being said, like, 
if he's already calling it to be like fraudulent election, like what if he wins? He's gonna be like, huh? Well, um, I think I have caught you guys up with the with the most like current event topic. Hopefully, you guys took something from that. And I think it's time we have a little fun. No, we're not getting naked. We're doing a cold case. Where's my hat? Okay. So let's let's start this cold case off right. You know, you need your investigator cap. You can't. How are you gonna have a? Ooh. Hey. How are you gonna have a a crime show with no with no cap? You know, because I don't cap. No cap. Uh, I don't know if it's better like that or I can't really see. I think I gotta look fucking cool like this. Anyway, set the dramatic mood. It'll lower my voice a little bit. I'm just kidding. Alright. I think you guys deserve uh, a good mystery, you know? As I've been saying. There's gonna be mysteries in this in this podcast, and I think it's it's time for one. First one. Wow, I'm excited. Um, let's talk about the the sad disappearance of Asha Degree. The date is February fourteenth, two thousand. Asha Tequila Degree packed her backpack and left her house under terrible rain and wind conditions of the early morning. As she began her departure, several people driving to see her, and only one managed to re redirect themselves to Asha. Then, she ran into the woods, never to be seen again. A year and a half later, a construction worker working on a construction site north of Shelby finds two black plastic bags tied Inside was Asha's book bag. Inside the book bag was a Dr. Seuss book, a phone number, and a new kids on the block shirt. And they were not roommates. Asha's degree came from a rather reg regular family. A rather regular family. Regular family. Harold and Aquila degree got married on Valentine's Day, 1988. They had a son, O'Brien a year later, and Asha a year after O'Brien. The Degree family resided in Shelby, North Carolina. They lived regular lives. Both parents had jobs. The children went to school. Asha was a fourth grader at Falston Elementary, and her teachers described her as excellent. From academic to attendance, her performance was amazing. Asha was also a lover of sports. She was in a youth, bas youth basketball team and loved playing point guard. Their lives lived, their lives particularly uh, revolved around church, uh, family, school, you know, top three. It's important. I don't go to church, but you know, family. Uh, I'm not in school right now, starting next week. So it's just family, top one. Asha's mother said that Asha was cautious and respectful to the rules set around the house. She was very, she was a rule follower. She was a good kid. Nothing was wrong about her. She wasn't, 
She wasn't disruptive. She wasn't a bad student. She wasn't. She was a normal nine-year-old fourth grader. It was a regular Sunday on uh, February 13th. Family went to a church service, then went to a relative's to eat. After spending most of the day together, the family decides to leave to get ready for school in the work week. At around 8 p.m., O'Brien and Asha decide to go to bed in order to wake up early for school. Shortly after, the power went out in the neighborhood after a car accident had occurred. When Harold came from work around midnight, he went to check on the children. They were asleep. Harold decided to chill and hang out a little bit before he goes back to bed and checks in on them one more time. Once again, they were still asleep. This is when O'Brien, age 10, heard Asha's bed squeak. Uh, he didn't think much of it. He, he assumed that she was just getting more comfortable as she was sleeping or she was either using the restroom. He didn't think much of it and he just went back to sleep. The time is now 5.45 on Monday, February 14th, 2000, Valentine's Day. Equilla wakes up to go start a bath for, for both of the children. This is when Aquila found O'Brien sleeping, but had no sign of Asha in bed. She went to go look all around the house, outside, in the cars, and even in her mother's across the street. Mother says she wasn't there. But nothing. The, the family had no other choice but to call the police. 7 a.m. hits that morning. Keep in mind, this is Harold and Aquila's wedding anniversary so this is not the best way to spend your wedding anniversary this is sad your youngest your youngest seed is missing 7 a.m that morning the police shows up with dogs families and friends canceling all of their plans in order to help the degrees find asha the youngest daughter after hours of desperate searching all the team could find was a mitten the mitten wasn't even Asha's. They went further on to investigate Asha's room. They found that her backpack was missing along with a Tweety, Tweety Bird purse and some clothes. More importantly, all the doors and windows were locked in home. It seems like Asha was acting up and running away on her, on her own. Uh, all the doors were locked, windows, no signs of a break-in. Suspicious. Not really suspicious, it's more mysterious because if there's no sign of a break-in, like, like what would cause her to, to run away, you know? They were living normal lives, nothing out of the ordinary, especially for Masha, she was a good kid. She was a good student, nothing at home. Fuck, who knows, she was nine years old. I don't even think that's normal for a, for a runaway at that age, you know? Normally you run away like in your teens or some shit. Um, so you remember how I told you uh, she saw uh, a driver saw her run into the woods the earlier that morning? Well, the next day they found candy wrappers, pencils, markers, and a Mickey Mouse hair bow, all close to her shit. This is near where the where the driver said she, uh, he saw her run into. These items were confirmed by the degrees to be Asha's. Investigators also assumed that she was taking shelter because it was raining that day. 
even though the investigation received tips, large tips, tips, possible sightings, county sheriff had a college search off because they weren't getting any leads. They were they were only getting dead ends. So he urged for like the news to keep it relevant and and the family even appeared on Oprah Oprah Winfrey and America's Most Wanted. I remember those two shows. Granted though, uh, the county sheriff did reopen the search, but it did it, once again I didn't get anywhere. He he called he uh reopened the search shortly after he called it off and then still nothing happened. That was that was a that coverage was years ago, however. You might have never heard of it again. This case is still cold, she's still missing. Family's still looking for her. Quilla described herself as being upset from the lack of coverage compared to other children, more specifically white children. I d I don't know if these uh if this is true. If uh she has received lack of cover of coverage based on her skin color, I I don't know. I would have to look into that. But the latest lead that they've gotten is in February 2015. The FBI announced that there would be up to a $25,000 reward to anyone with information that could lead to an arrest. The last lead they have received up to today was in May 2016. They, they announced that Asha may have been seen getting into a car, a dark green car from 1970. Uh, the car was either a Lincoln Continental Mark V or a Ford Thunderbird from the same year, just along the same route Asha went missing. Holy shit. It's crazy how she literally just disappeared into thin air. She's been missing for 20 years, six months. Holy shit. Not, not a single thing about her. You know what's crazier? Is that when you go to look it up. Ah, oh, damn. Let's get a shot at me. Whew. This shit is scary. Uh, when you look up her, her name, there's pictures of her age progression. She's a grown woman now. She's literally a grown woman. Wow. She's been missing for so long already. Um, but yeah, they've been, they're still looking for, they're still looking for her. The county sheriff is still uh, urging for information about like, where she got the shirt, the new kids on the block shirt, uh, and the and the Dr. Seuss book, but still nothing. She literally disappeared into thin air, for what seems to be like, not not an abduction. That she ran away. What's scary, is that a black plastic bag with with her stuff in it. That they found it is like, like it's even a little scary because like what. Who the fuck put that there? It, was it her? Was it somebody that killed her? Because they haven't found her body. Damn. But yeah, that's 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 the mystery of this of this week. Uh, I kind of scared the shit out of me. Whew. All right. So hopefully you guys have a good week and uh, you guys stay safe. Wear a mask. Wear a condom. Whatever the women needs for protection. Wear that. Um. Stay safe. Hope you guys have a good week. And I will be doing 
one of these next week too. Don't know if it's gonna be. Uh, I don't know what the mystery is gonna be. Uh, definitely gonna have something informative about it, like I did at the beginning of this podcast. But um, who knows? It, it's definitely not gonna be aliens. Watch it be aliens, but I don't think it's gonna be aliens. Um, might be another one of these. I want I want you guys to let me know if you guys like this or not. Uh, some feedback would be nice, and that's pretty much all I have to do. All I have to say. One last wave check before I sign off. Oh yeah. Yo, the waves are crisp. What y'all think? I wonder what would happen if I got like a perm or something. I would look like the world's biggest douchebag. Cause you know, people say I look like like Brad Pitt. You know, those are just like people that say I do. Like I know a bunch of people who say that I do. Like my my DMs are filled saying that I look like Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt even tagged me one time saying, "Oh, you look my tone." Anyway, let's uh, let's let's you know let's end this podcast on a on a good note. Take care, everybody. Wear a mask once again, and I'll see you guys next time. Thank you.